Welcome to You Gotta Have Faith. What is faith? In Hebrews 11th chapter, first verse, the Apostle Paul writes, Faith is the substance in things hoped for and evidence in things not seen. When playwright writes, it's believing you see white when your eyes tell you black. It's a belief where no one else believes. Dr. King says, if you don't believe in something, you'll fall for anything. This is a podcast about faith. This is a Christian podcast where we share our faith and belief in God and also in mankind. The goodness and kindness in mankind. Uh, in today's world, we see lots of ugliness based on racism, misogyny, and age-old grudges. But there is goodness in all of us. There is goodness in this world. But it begins with our belief. you got to have faith. Today is um, August 25th. This is uh, Reg, and we have the whole gang here, Deb and Craig. How's good everybody morning. doing? Good morning, good morning. <laughs> All right, and today we're going to jump into, we're going to go into the Old Testament, into Numbers, verses, uh, the sixth chapter, verses 24 through 26, I believe. Is that right? 27. 27. Yeah. 24 through 27. Mm-hmm. And before then, I will uh, engage us in prayer. Okay. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for uh, entering our lives and waking us up this wonderful uh, Saturday morning. We love you. We praise your name, and uh, we want to do all that we can to uplift you and to tell the world how wonderful you are and to dive into your word and to spread um, the, the good word, the word of goodness and mercy uh, to, to everyone who hears this podcast. And we ask that um, as we delve into the word and we, as we delve into our thoughts and um, just our ideas as we delve into the world, that we embrace your name and that we illuminate your name and that everything that we say and we do um, is sh- shines uh, through us and lets the world know that we are children of God and we are your children and that um, and yet you are a loving and a benevolent and a peaceful God. And uh, we ask that you bless us and praise uh, our work. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Right. That was a nice prayer. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So we're going to go into uh, numbers. Yeah. Let me, um, this is the new international version. Mm-hmm. Um, numbers six twenty four through 27. And this is called um, the priestly blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. There you go. Short and sweet. And, uh, yeah, this is uh, Mo- the Lord speaking to Moses uh, to tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you bless the Israelites. And then we have the other verse. Yeah, so Numbers is when they've just fled slavery. They're kind of on a high, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, then they, they get into the harshness of the desert and they realize, oh, this isn't as easy as we thought it was going to be. This isn't the promised land yet. Yeah, yeah, there's an interesting transition going on. Um, I mean, of course, we, you know, Craig, you and I, we talked about the wonderful movie Ten Commandments that shows up every, um, <laughs> is, it, is it Christmas holiday season or, or I forget what the season is. Yeah. Sometimes it's at Easter, too. Yeah, yeah. Those, yeah. those Passover. Yeah, yeah. Charlton Heston yeah. and, yeah. you know, the parting of the water. You know, yeah. great miracles. And you have, you have the... Um, <laughs> the cast of thousands. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Cecil B. DeMille. Yeah. yeah, manna from heaven. You know, there are all sorts of miracles that God has given the Israelites to show how wonderful God is. But now they're, they're entering a very harsh time. Yeah. So, and even though we were talking before, even though they've seen and had tangible evidence of God supporting them, there's still, mm-hmm. there's still a lot of chaos and confusion. And, you know, they're wandering about in the middle of the desert without guaranteed food and water in their minds mm-hmm. um, and shelter, right? And no shelter. Yeah. yeah. Even though God has proven that he'll provide for them. Yeah. And I remember us, we were talking, we had breakfast. We usually have breakfast at the uh, Buttercup Grill for those who uh, are Delicious. in the Bay Area. <laughs> Head to the Buttercup Grill. They're not a sponsor, but they should be because you know, we go to the right time. <laughs> By now, yeah. yeah. But in any case, we were talking about um, how difficult it is. You know, there's difficulty for the Israelites, but there's also difficulty for Moses. Mm-hmm. It's basically you have a group of people who are used to a particular way of life. It's a harsh way. I mean, there there were slaves under... Egypt, under the Pharaoh. I think it's uh, Ramesses the third. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but in any case, um, so they have to make a transition. You know, this is God saying, "Hey, listen, I've delivered you, but now you're going to have to fend for yourself. I'll be there for you." Mm-hmm. 
you're going to have to transition to a new way of living and a new way of praising uh, or, you know, accepting me as your God. And uh, these are, you know, th- I've got rules for you. You know, as you look at number six, verses one, you know, leading up to 24, he has all sorts of rules. Yeah, a lot of conscriptions. <laughs> huh? yeah. yeah. But I yeah. think that comes out of the chaos, too. Of course, like yeah. Once you, when you have that large of a group of people, mm-hmm. you want to get some order, right? Exactly. <laughs> so, so it makes perfect sense. I mean, I compare it to... I shared a story of when I had uh, um, transitioned from one family to another family. Mm-hmm. Basically, I was leaving my biological mom for you know all sorts of reasons, coming into a new family and a new mom, and I had to sort of remove my old way of thinking and embrace you know the love and affection that my new mom had for me, but also the new rules. Hey, listen, you know this is the way we're going to do things, mm-hmm. and you have a, a you know a set responsibility as well. And those transitions aren't necessarily easy. And we know that, like, one of the reasons that I was drawn to this verse is because I feel like everyone I know, like, literally everyone is going through some sort of change Mm -hmm. right now. And, like, some of them will say, Mercury's out of retrograde, so now we can do this. (laughs) Right, yeah, yeah. I thought Mercury stayed permanently (laughs) in retrograde. But it (laughs) seems like there's just people are, and I don't know if it's because it's fall and school is starting, Mm -hmm. and so people are trying to start new endeavors, you know, in their lives or make changes and habits that that they don't have today. Yeah, a good friend of mine, uh, Mimi Totten. Mimi, if you're there, uh, hey, what's going on? Um, She has a... um, a five-year-old, I think, and uh, she's entering uh, in kindergarten for the first time. And I was like, hey, you know, this is going to be a wonderful thing, wonderful. You know, they're going to be hugs and they're going to be, you know, tears. But it'll be a transition. You know, this is what people, grown people do. You know, they go to – it's not a job, but, you know, you go, you wake up in the morning, you dress, you go to a particular place, and, you know, you learn things, and you're given responsibilities, and hopefully you have fun as well. And then you come back home, and this is what, you know – a new life is, you know, you're not in the comfort of mom and dad anymore. Yeah. And the Israelites, although they were under in a very oppressive regime, they were fed. They were, you know, given rules and they were told, you don't obey the rules. You know, I'm going to punish you. But now sort of stepping out of the, uh, of a home, they've got to fend for themselves. I mean, they have Moses, they have everyone there. So it's a difficult transition. Everyone, everyone goes through transitions. Everyone's trying to self improve themselves. And sometimes those self improvements aren't, um, smooth. Mm-hmm. Um, I just keep thinking about the Israelites. So like they're, they're living this harsh life and then mm-hmm. they get promised freedom. Yep. And then they fl- Some of them probably were like, I don't, I don't know. I don't really want to go with this guy, but, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, why not? Let me try it. Yeah. And then they, then they go, and they're like, this, this joy and exaltation that they're free, mm-hmm. and then they're like, oh, shit, now what? Yeah. <laughs> kind right. of like the graduate, that scene in the, sure. in the, in the, on the bus at the end where they're like, oh. And now what? Now what do we do? <laughs> right. And <laughs> I think we've all been there, you know, the great yeah. unknown, like, you know, going to college for the first time, leaving home for yeah. the first time, being on your own for the first time, mm-hmm. um, or, you know, becoming a Christian for the first time and realizing, oh, I used to go to the bar, can't do that anymore, or I used to, I don't know, do all sorts of places or hang out with certain people, mm-hmm. and I don't do these things because I've made a commitment now. And uh, yeah. I think we understand what, what it is going through a tough transition. And I think some of them are resentful that they got all these rules. Yep. Right? Yep. So they're like, wait a minute. I just escaped slavery. Now you want me, you're saying I have to do this? Right. <laughs> well, I don't, I look at it as not so much a conscription, you know, so much. I mean, there are rules and they're, you know, they're trying to build a, a new society and everything. But I think uh, in a way the Lord's putting it in their own hands saying like, look. You're the change. You, each individual, you know, in the way you, the way you follow me, the way you love each other, mm-hmm. the way you, you know, group together and help each other. That's 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 going to be your strength. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's going to be the motive. It's not just do what I say. Mm-hmm. It's like you know, change is happening. It's happening to them. They're fully aware of it. I mean, they've left the. They've left their home with all of its, you know, rules and understandings into the great unknown. Yeah. And uh, and it's on them. It's really on them. And whether they can pull it off as individuals or pull it off as uh, a new, um, you know, 
religious community. Yeah. You know, it's it, you know, it's it's up in the air. One thing I've learned is that, you know, we were talking last night <laughs> or last time uh, about Aretha Franklin. You know, which song we like? Uh, change is going to come. Is what I mm-hmm. yeah. One of the ones That's I picked. Right. And it's, it's like change will happen, whether or not you uh, are in, in involved in it or not. It's mm-hmm. going to happen. You know, you know, change is going to hit your life. In one way or another, you're gonna, you know, you're gonna break up with your spouse. You're gonna lose your job. You're going to get sick. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, things are gonna happen. There's no way of of predicting, mm-hmm. you know, when or how, you know, and and how you participate in that. Whether you're gonna <coughs> be a participant in that change, whether you're going to kind of, mm-hmm. or you're just gonna let it roll on you. Yeah. You know. Uh, when I think about peace, I mean. One of the important things about what uh, the Lord says to Moses uh, to tell the people, it's not so much, hey, these are the rules. You know, when they, they've heard rules from the from the from the Egyptians. Yeah. But it's been if you don't obey the rules, you're going to get punished here. He's saying, listen, the Lord bless you and keep you. Mm-hmm. This is a very loving message. Yeah, it's and you know, I think bundling it. I mean, I remember, you know, being, I don't know, punished or being told something by my parents or whatever, and then having the hug mm-hmm. or, you know, let's say a pat on the head or, you know, some encouragement to say, hey, that this is a family. You know, this is not an oppressive, you know, thing that I'm telling you to do. This is a part of what we are doing mm-hmm. together. Right. And having, you know, uh, being comforted is a wonderful thing. You know, it sort of separates you. It, it makes – it's the difference between – being told by a boss, hey, do this or you're going to get fired or, you know, and being a part of a family mm-hmm. where, hey, do this because I'm doing this and this is your role. And this is my role. And together, you know, we'll come together mm-hmm. in, in love and comfort. Mm-hmm. What were we going to say, Jackie? Oh, no, no. Go mm-hmm. ahead. No, no, that's it. Oh, well, uh, yeah, I was just thinking about how we were talking about how chaotic it is mm-hmm. and, and all that. And so um, this is also a test for Moses as a leader, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And he comes back with this blessing for Aaron. Yeah. And, and Aaron's line is the priestly line, right? Okay. So, mm-hmm. so this is kind of like instructions for him and all of his descendants. Yeah. Um, and, and this ble- blessings we read right before we got on the, this recording mm-hmm. uh, was, they are very ingrained in, in the Israelite structure and life. And this blogger, Monty Galloway calls out, that there are three, um, the, the blessing has three structures. So the first structure is it, it emphasizes concrete gifts, mm-hmm. like security, blessings of, about those things. And then the second stresses hope. And that the third part of this priestly blessing is asserts that God will pay attention to you and provide fullness uh, in your life. Wow. Yeah. It's, That's a lot of encouragement. It's, it's a lot in a very short, like... Yeah little phrase right Mm -hmm. it basically gives you hope Mm -hmm. and security and and promise that god will will lift you up right and shine his light on you yeah um yeah i i had mentioned usually when i say a prayer i want to make sure that everything that i say and do as i go out into the world comes from a loving and and a very um godly um manner Mm -hmm. not that you know like i'm going to be mr rogers and you know just to be (laughs) sort of um um, what what I, what am I trying to say? Uh, Pollyannic in mm-hmm. in the world, but that I'm that I'm a positive influence, that uh, that I'm a, a calming influence, and that I do exactly the way that God wants me to do. And when I think about that passage, God shines His light on you. I think that's what it says. His face shines on you, mm-hmm. and be gracious to you. And I think about light reflecting. Yeah. You know, there are people in in our lives. There's some people in our lives who are just so. Wonderful, so caring, and and not in a forced way, mm-hmm. that you can tell that you know there's just nothing but goodness. You know, sort of people gravitate towards them, mm-hmm. and I think about you know God's light reflecting off of them, and it's a wonderful image. And I think it's something that we should sort of strive to be. I think as uh, Christians, absolutely. I think we all you know want to believe and we want to be told mm-hmm. that uh, that God is within us, shining, you know. Through us, mm-hmm. um, you know, not only making our lives better, but making, um, like you said, uh, making that reflect 
to to the world around you, to the people that you know you come across. You know, we talk about faith, and it's a rather ephemeral concept. Mm-hmm. And I think in terms like this, you know, in, in this particular idea of the Israelites and the Moses and the need, you know, for them to kind of pull together, you know, uh, through faith, through the through the love of God, you know, trying to trying to reach that. You know, is a good example of how, you know, we can look upon our faith and our and our hope as not just some kind of intangible idea, but actually something that's really active. When we look at the New mm-hmm. Testament, we've mm-hmm. talked about the discipleship and and the new new form of Christianity. That that too was was emphasized so much. Is like this is not just some kind of passive idea. This is something you utilize in your life that you. You make, you know, make a joyous song, and you know you, oh, yeah. you know you you go out and 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 you you seek out those who need assistance. You know, this is this is not just an idea of like oh someday that's going to happen. It's a, this is an active thing. Absolutely. You know? And uh, and it's it's easy to think of it as just you know words, but um. And and it's work to actually do work. And it doesn't always, and you don't always know whether it will yield results. But wandering around, you know, mm-hmm. in a desert is wandering around in a desert. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. un- until you actually kind of like, you know, put it to, you know, what are we do? What are we doing? How are we going to do this? You know. How are we going to bond together and, yeah. and and work toward a common goal? You know, then then you know, yeah, you will just kind of like be a victim of change rather than be yeah. a rather than be a component of it. Yeah. From the things yeah. that you both just last said, for some reason, I keep thinking that faith is not so much an idea or a concept mm-hmm. as it is an emotion. Yeah, that's yeah. I feel like mm-hmm. sometimes because yeah. you can't really reason with somebody who doesn't have faith. That's exactly right. It, it has to come from your heart and yeah. your emotions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like. And then because you were talking about shining and light and light is, you know, a theme throughout the entire Bible. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, I was just thinking about going out and shining your light. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I grew up in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And so in my brain that is only half awake. Mm-hmm. I imagined a Care Bear <laughs> stream. You know, That's right. if you grew up in the 80s, yeah. you would know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, they they have this little light yeah. shining I from their the belly. I remember the cartoon where yeah, they would actually have the... Yeah, yeah that was kind of like that. one of their superpowers. Yeah, and that's like, how they they use their superpower. Right. The light just yeah. shone yeah. from them. They would like, I they, totally remember that. They'd have like, they'd have like exploding <laughs> rainbows. I know. I'm so sorry to derail the conversation to that. But it was like very clear in my mind. No, I remember now. I remember. You know, they would all get together Everybody cared lately. Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> actually a wonderful thing for little kids. You know, that's a great comic. It is, Especially actually. with all the, you know, the He-Man and the G.I. Joe stuff going on I at that time. <laughs> I could think of Me worse too. things. Yeah. 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 But that's what I was thinking of, like, mm-hmm. and I was imagining Reg just standing there, like, shining his light out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I know it sounds Pollyannish. I wanted to read something. No, it um, was wonderful. There's a website, King James Bible Online, and it talks about... Um, oh, I've got it. You, you have it right here, yeah. yeah. Number, number six, but but you know, of course, it it, it has commentary. It has stuff, commentaries, yeah. and yeah. there are people who. So there's one person who talks about verses 24 through 26. Actually, it says 24 through 26. We're a- adding 27. Um, what actually, did they say? what did they say? Actually, you know, we okay. So let me let me. So uh, it says, uh, Irene. This, her name is Irene. One, two, three. Verses 24 through 26 is a benediction. When a baby is brought to our church for the first time and he, she, and the parents are prayed for at the altar, it's called a dedication. The baby is being dedicated to the Lord along with the parents to bring that child up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord Jesus Christ. The number six chapter benediction is not used, just a prayer from the heart. So that's that's an interesting thing. It's I guess it's a prayer given to babies. Also, this uh, Insight 777 is a little bit longer. This chapter may be speaking, I think he's speaking of the entire Numbers uh-huh. uh, 6, may be speaking of the process of Christians and Jews working together for a common cause. The separation may be symbolic of Jewish Christians 
What is important is the heart must be holy without deceit or lies and must be sober in sober agreement to share loyalty as allies, not enemies. I think verse 6 means the Jews do not want the Christian Jews in the military as soldiers, and they do not want any vengeance killing stated in verse 7 in case of a family member dying or somehow being killed. They will be treated as allies sharing information. They will be required to be under the Jewish laws of procedural government and not and not to consider themselves separate from that if they lived in Israel. Okay, so it's, it looks like the writer is implying that there's a mixture of Christians and Jews uh, together uh, in, in this time. Mm-hmm. And um, he, I think he's uh, alluding to uh, there's a part, let's see, uh, verse 7. Let's I like how you said it was a benediction because yeah. there's a di- mm-hmm. what's the difference between a prayer and a blessing in your mind? Because this is mm-hmm. specifically saying it's a blessing. The priestly blessing. Yeah, I've always thought of a prayer as being a more personal thing. Like it's very specific to like, like there's there's something that's going on, maybe negative, and you're saying a prayer to focus on that. I've always thought of a blessing as sort of a uh, more of a not laid back, and I'm not, I don't want to say it's a, in a negative thing, but sort of a it's like a more ritualistic thing. It's something that's it's done, like you know when uh, uh, you know someone's being baptized At a ceremony and you say something something, like something ceremonial. What about you, Craig? Oh, well, I feel like blessings are kind of led by, you know, our spiritual leaders, you know, who, Mm -hmm. you know, everyone prays. Um, um, A lot of times we can wish the blessings uh, for other people, but I feel like, you know, to me, you know, uh, when I go to church and people are blessed, it's done through the, through the, uh, the the rector and because they're, that's the training and the and the wisdom and the authority to kind of call out, you know, those things which you described. I guess there were three things, you know, to to uh, tangible blessings, you know, ta- tangible blessings to, you know, acknowledge the hope for 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 what you want to occur and 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 to uh, and to give thanks for the things that are already there. Yeah. You know, and, you know, a lot of times people, you know, just need blessings just because they just, you know, want encouragement or strength. So sometimes, you know, they need blessings because, you know, they're going through a strife. And so to me, it's the, you can pray for others and you can constantly pray. And the, the rector prays constantly. And the people hopefully pray constantly. But it, to me, I feel like it's for the spiritual leader to kind of, Draw, draw that authority, yeah, you know, yeah. and and focus, you know, not just a random pr- prayer, but a very specific mm-hmm. prayer. Usually, when somebody's blessed, it's you know, it's it's a public ev- event, yeah, you yeah. know, and uh, everyone is drawing, you know, their energy together, you know, through the authority of the of the religious leader to yeah. kind of focus this prayer, this specific prayer. You know, not just a random kind of yeah. individual I, thing, yeah. but a, a community yeah. kind of thing. Well, I remember you were talking, Craig, when you went back to the church, how you missed the sort of ritual and yeah. that you sort of needed the, you know, the, um, I guess, the structure. Very much. Yeah. yeah. Something I was familiar with. Yeah. And, and, yeah, I think it's a kind of beautiful. Yeah. Kind of, to me, it's a, it's a, it's a beautiful, natural kind of thing, mm-hmm. even though it is structure and it's. You know, we, yeah. we're all following, yeah. you know, well, on the I mean, same page. We all, we all follow some sort of structure, whether it's a mm. Christian structure or the structure of the work or, you know, or what have you. It's just meaningful to me. I know yeah. it's not everybody's thing. When yeah. have you seen blessings in your church? Like, is it every, like, I feel like maybe in the Baptist church I've gone to, there's mm. blessings every time. You know, it's interesting. When I've gone back to Metropolitan Baptist Church in D.C., there have been always a mixture between the traditional and sort of the, uh, I guess, a newer way of doing things. Like, you know, th- we would always say, um, uh, may the Lord bless thee and me when we're absent one from another. There are other, like, little things, uh, like when we do communion. Mm-hmm. Um, ju- you know, just before we take, eat and drink, uh, he'll say, you know, uh, he thought enough of you oh. to die for you. Won't you think enough of him to live for him? Which, you know, is one of my favorites statements you know it's about nice. the sacrifice of Jesus Christ so you know there are those are some of the little traditions that we do mm-hmm. mixed in 
with the rea- with the reality, you know. But I mean, do they do like formal blessings, like like Not he was saying, like at a ceremony, like in my mm-hmm. church, in the Catholic Church, when you go out for communion, if you have a child, yeah, they like cross their arms, oh, and then the priest bless them, and uh, like I always think of, I was trying to think of examples of blessings that I've seen. Oh, thank mm-hmm. you. Um, and they've all been like asking for protection, for God's protection, for little people, mm-hmm. or for elderly people, or for a, for a marriage or a baptism. It's always about yeah. God protect this person. Well, you know, we have a thing these called people. we have a thing called I guess they say it's prayer time church, and um, you know, people will come to the front of the um, of the pulpit, uh-huh. and um, and and the pastor will say, you know, like a, a prayer. But it's not sort of, I mean, when I think of ritual, I think of something that's said each and every time, every yeah. Sunday. Right. But he always differs it. I mean, he mm-hmm. sort of comes from the heart. But it's still a sort of ritual. But people come to it because it's something that they need. Mm-hmm. It's a little blessing for them. Right, exactly, oh, nice. a blessing for them nice. to set them out through the week. Yeah. And, you know, and it's always voluntary. You know, I'm sure, you know, they say, well, you know, we're going to open it up for prayer time. And, you know, if you, if you got a little prayer, if, you know, you need something that for the week. Okay. Or if you're going through something in your life, right. you don't have to tell us what it is. Just come to the front, and we'll you know we'll lay hands on you, and we'll you know say a prayer for you. Oh yeah. And um, that's something that a lot of people n- need in their lives. Yeah, there's a small little uh, mm-hmm. portion of the service at the end where uh, the priest will ask who, who would like a blessing for like mm-hmm. anniversary, birthday. A uh-huh. lot of people get it when they're going. Or they know somebody who who's recently passed, yeah. and, the, and the priest will like you know bless them a passage, and uh, and you know and hopefully you know that they will enter God's kingdom, and you know mm-hmm. and as they transition, you know, yeah. you know, and our thoughts go with them. A lot of times when people are getting on a plane, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they'll say like I'm getting on a plane, or I'm yeah I got to go to the doctor next week, mm-hmm. or whatever, and they'll receive a blessing like that. You know, you know it's and and, and the you know, and the and the priest will you know kind of imp- improvise a you know mm-hmm. um, a nice blessing, which kind of encompasses all those things—the hope and, yeah. and the recognition of the need and the mm-hmm. and the uh, aspiration that this community can give them, um, you know, strength, encouragement, and fellowship, and thoughts, you know, throughout what they're what they're going through specifically. Yeah, you know whether it's to honor their birthday or or congratulate and mm-hmm. and, and you know the, the happy times of a, a birth or anniversary or something like you know, that, you know, or yeah. even some really you know kind of stressful times. Yeah, you know. it's interesting. I'm thinking now, just as we're speaking, the importance of ritual because I've a sort of dis- I've had a bit of a disdain as far as ritual is concerned. Like you know, are people just walking through the motions of doing certain things? Mm-hmm. But as I'm think about it. There are certain rituals that people sort of need in their lives, something that sort of strengthens them spiritually, mm-hmm. especially when, it, when we talk about religion and, and faith. Have you found that rituals, certain rituals? Absolutely. I think that's why yeah. I'm Catholic. Yeah. Because the, there are very distinct rituals there. Mm-hmm. And even if I go to an Episcopalian church, those rituals are often reflected there. Yeah, it's very um, similar to Mass. I yeah. love going to Mass anywhere in the world and knowing yeah. exactly what's happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Like> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a familiar thing. And, you know, I mean, I, 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 I do a, a, a lot of worse rituals. It, be, it beats a poke in the eye. It really <laughs> does, you know. I mean, yeah. no, and, 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 you know, and it works for me because it kind of, yeah, sometimes you, you know, you're sitting there mumbling and going through the motions, you know, and then. What I find is that, you know, I'll hit upon, like, a certain word or phrase, you know, within the Eucharist or, or, or mm-hmm. you know, within the service. Maybe it's just like a little phrase, you know, maybe somebody said it in or inflected it differently. We all say the Lord's Prayer and all that, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and all of a sudden it will just hit me in a different way. And yeah. even though I've kind of said this thing a thousand times. You know, and you know, and sometimes without even thinking about it, Lord, my God, blah, blah, blah. repetition you know. allows for flexibility to find inspiration. Plus, within yeah. a group, yeah. you'll like hear like, oh, somebody's. Kind of, I heard somebody else's voice in this, and suddenly, you know, this word yeah. or this phrase or this mm-hmm. idea, which has just been mumbled and repeated, oh, you know, week after week after week, suddenly it's kind of like, oh, well, that has a little different meaning now. Yeah. You know, you know it's interesting. All of us come from three different um, Christian denominations and ways of, of praising God. And I think it's the reason why I sort of I love this podcast um, because 
you know, like you have a certain ritual, which is different from Deb's ritual or, you know, like the Episcopalian do things differently from the Catholics. I think especially me being a Southern Baptist or coming from a Baptist, which is different from black Baptist is sort of very close to AME, American, African, uh, you know, Methodist, uh, Episcopal. I think that's what it is. AME. I don't belong to an AME church, but the Southern Baptist way of the Southern African-American Southern Baptist is very distinct. Yeah, yeah, it is very distinct. And we sort of move away from a lot of the traditional rituals. We do have some rituals, but it's rather flexible. I mean, it's almost very um, holistic. It's almost like, you know, a chiquata tent. You know, there's going to be lots of yelling and Uh and praising and clapping or whatever. Mm -hmm. And some people have disdain for it because it's like, well, you need ritual or else, you know, what's the difference between that and like a concert? You know, you need to have something to ground yourself. Mm -hmm. And uh, I understand there's a bit of... um, you know, you can make an argument for that as well. Um, you know, there there are times where rituals can be too much, where it's people are too tied into ritual and they don't make it personal for themselves, yeah. where they're just sort of walking through the motions. Mm-hmm. And then there's the other extreme where there are no rituals whatsoever and everything is sort of lollygag. I remember going to a holiness church and I don't think they opened up the Bible at all. <laughs> and it was very strange. And maybe it was just this one holiness church that I went to. A, a, girl, a girl took me there. One day or whatever. And they were singing a lot. Yeah. But I was like, okay, are we going to open the Bible? And is there going to be some prayer? Is there going to be some some foundation to what's going on? And I didn't see it at all. So there are these extremes that are there. But I think it's important that um, I guess, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm appreciating the need for a ritual, something to sort of ground you. Mm-hmm. Um, but also make it personal for you. Um, and so, you know, that's what I'm getting, you know, from, from uh, the both of you. Mm-hmm. And it just works for me. I understand. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I, mean, I, I, I probably would, you know, I mean, I've never been to, you know, like a Holy Roller Church except when I was a kid. Yeah. And uh, it was kind of confusing mm-hmm. to me. And, you know, there's just a lot of noise. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of passion. Sure. But... I uh, wasn't quite sure what was going on most of the time. Mm-hmm. You know, I was too young to really kind of like see, you know, that this is the, this is where these people come to release their mm-hmm. tension and yeah. release yeah. their anxiety. And Have you gone to uh, a, 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 a holy, like holy roller church? I, I think you said you went to Glide Church at one time. I go to Glide every now and then. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love going to Glide. Mm-hmm. I think it's wonderful. I love their music. I think... You know, I've talked about music before, and even though I'm not a musician, to me, that's what makes or breaks a church for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, <laughs> have some good, decent music. We gotta have some decent music. <laughs> yeah. Some decent yeah. musicians. I know a lot of people who feel that way. I yeah. never leave Glide without bawling. Uh, yeah, I hear you. Like you were saying, like that's where you can release all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's wonderful to go there because they're so loving. Mm-hmm. And their arms are so open to embrace you yeah. that it's really hard for me not to be emotional in that way. Yeah. You know, Catholicism is very, while there is a lot of love, mm-hmm. and, and I've had been very fortunate to know a lot of nuns mm-hmm. that have been very, that I've been close to, mm-hmm. but it's very structured, at, at whereas Glide and, and mm-hmm. those kinds of churches, and even in, in growing up in the Panhandle, they used to literally have those tent churches where the preachers would travel, mm-hmm. and they'd set up a tent outside, right outside your town, and you'd go and have a revival. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. But yet, going to Glide, it's it ha- it's never dissuaded you from still being Catholic or no. not keeping... Well, I mean, no, because I like the ritual yeah. of my of my organized religion. Mm-hmm. I don't agree with all of the principles of my organized religion, mm-hmm. but I do enjoy the ritual of its yeah of its structure. Uh, I, I, I know that when I'm feeling chaotic and you know, like I have no control, that I can go to a church and mm-hmm. go to mass, and that that will kind of reset and rebalance me. Yeah. Yeah. Like I talk about when I go home, just home to mom and dad, it sort of reminds me or it, it, it binds me to who I am. A lot of times when we're out in the world with new friends and having new experiences or whatever, we can sort of forget who we are and what our foundation is. And when I think about tradition and rituals, um, it's sort of – it's like a magnet. It sort of connects you back to who you are. Yeah. I mean there's some there's – some, um, Bad examples of that. I mean, I think about. I think we'd be remiss without talking about what's happening in the Catholic Church now, uh, with um, 
uh, once again, there have been some priests who have been accused of um, sexual, uh, yeah, child molestation, and people have been waiting for the Pope to talk about that. We're still uh, waiting. He did talk about it. Yes, yeah. but there's supposed to be, uh, you know. A you want more reprimanding than yeah. them paying all the people, firing the bishop and firing the priests, yeah. mm-hmm. and t- and giving a huge speech but about why our children people are, are important. People are expecting much, yeah. much more noise about this. Yeah, I do wonder if those are Catholic people wanting more or people outside of the Catholic Church. Oh, I think church. both. Yeah. And I think, it, I, mean, I think what it's really and what the, they're probably very afraid of, uh, the Catholic Church, is, is that it's just going to turn more people away from church. And we're in a time mm-hmm. right now where there's already not a lot of people flocking to churches. Yeah. Yep. And then this does not make for good PR. Sure. You know. I you think – it doesn't. It doesn't really. It doesn't really present the church as a safe and 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 mm-hmm. and loving place. In fact, it kind of like probably scares That's the, hell, the opposite of scares that. the yeah. hell out of people. And I, when you I know. go back to number six, you know, basically God communicating to Moses, communicating to Aaron, who will communicate to his sons, to the people of Israel, basically saying, "Listen, God uh, will make His face shine on you and be gracious to you." And God will give you peace. It's it's greater than any one man who is there. You know, when they were slaves of Pharaoh, mm-hmm. it was Pharaoh. I mean, I'm sure Pharaoh had his gods. Oh, yeah. But really, the Israelites, they were subservient to the Pharaoh. Here, you know, Moses is saying, listen, we are all subservient to, to God. And he is a mm-hmm. loving God. Mm-hmm. It's bigger than one man. And I think the message excuse me, is considering, you know, the Catholic Church. Well, I mean... Other churches go through it as well. You know, there are other ministers who, bless you, who unfortunately sexual molest their, you know, parishioners and... Um, or take advantage. Or of, take advantage, you know, you know or financially and, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. If you leave the church or if you leave, or let's say your faith is shaken because of one man, we're, we're human beings. We're going to fail you. Um you know, I, remember I mean, there's corruption in every, that's exactly every right. everywhere, not yeah. just in organized religion. But I think the reason that Catholic priests creating these mm-hmm. um, crimes is worse is also because not only because we expect our cl- clerical leadership to be good people, mm-hmm. but also they've taken a vow of celibacy. Yeah. And on on top of that, they've that they, they've they've gone against their vow a mm-hmm. they've they've they're harming their parishioners, mm-hmm. you know, and the greater sin of covering up. Covering up. Yeah, we yeah. talked about that earlier. Yeah, exactly. Uh, during lunchtime, I Because this happened over decades. Exactly. Not just, it wasn't just like, last year, 300 kids. It's like over 30 years. Yeah. And, you know, we... I think the celibacy thing is kind of like uh, driven a lot of, of the problem. You yeah. Know? I don't understand the, the, the need for that. Yeah, you know, but well, the need for it goes back to money because back in the olden days, mm-hmm. when but when priests didn't have to be celibate, mm-hmm. they could marry, they owned land, mm-hmm. they could give that land to their children, but the the Catholic Church wanted money, mm-hmm. and so they made their priests celibate so that all that money would go to them. So that was, oh, a, that was, that was a business decision. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Well, it doesn't make any sense these days. Right. Exactly. No, you know? it doesn't. Yeah. I agree. And, and when you, when you're a young person mm-hmm. and you go to a church and you and you want to feel, you know, the passion and love of God and uh, and you want to, you know, have a place where you can trust and be vulnerable, this just slaps yeah. that that idea right down. Yeah. And 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 it's such a shame because uh, because the church should be the family that is going to embrace and care for you in the most crucial way one needs to be cared for yeah. one needs to be embraced one needs to have that trust this just blows that yeah you know and and it's such a shame because that's not the church i want to be in yeah and i think that's what a lot of how a lot of people are going to react to this yeah. and have I, in the past yeah and and, I, and rightfully so yeah i think mm-hmm. the um it's an example of a tradition people embracing a particular tradition uh, there's the tradition of hey, these are how Catholic priests should be, and this is how what we've accepted. Now, 
Craig, you and I, you know, we, we don't I, – I think that the Catholic priest would be better if they, you know, if they didn't have – if you didn't have the celibacy thing, then they would be free to have relationships where they wouldn't be tempted to well, The church has enough things. money and property to Catholics now that right. that doesn't yeah. really <laughs> – it doesn't make any sense yeah. anymore. Yeah, it's a stupid tradition. But yeah. there are people who embrace it. And, you know, there are people who are like, hey, listen, if I've given myself to God, like nuns, nuns have also taken a yeah. celibacy mm-hmm. vow. What's, it's ironic that we don't hear about nuns messing around with boys. <laughs> we hear about the priests messing around with, you know, men, boys that and girls. That doesn't it doesn't happen. We just haven't heard about well, it. Well, <laughs> sure, sure. But, but I think that these kinds of things mm-hmm. are the kinds of these things that organized religion does. Mm-hmm. Or the, the crimes that we associate with an organized religion, like, yeah. you know, like Southern Baptist megachurches and, right. and, and Catholic priests, you know, mm-hmm. harming their, their students. The, these are the things that make people not want to be an organized religion. Yeah. But that, that doesn't necessarily mean they don't have faith. Right. They just don't have faith in human organizations. That's exactly right. Like I could, th- I could talk about Bishop Long. That, that was the bishop who he was a part of a mega church and he was messing around with uh, boys um, and he you know, was pushed out. But he made it very difficult for his parishioners because they loved him so much that they didn't want to believe that he could do such a thing. And I have a feeling that in some churches you wrap yourself around one individual that you forget this is about your connection to God. Not, not one particular individual, one particular leader. You know, we, you know, too many times we we give we we cede the authority, yeah. and in a way, these organized religions allow that to happen mm-hmm. above above and beyond. You know, the fact that yes, you know, we do have a, a we do have a spiritual leader. Yes, it's their job to, you know, you know, create a you know an environment where we can get together, you know, focus. But, you know, focus, uh, you know, our, our belief and our faith and share together and have a, have a you know, have a spiritual leader that, that, that draws everyone together. But it, mm-hmm. at the same time, you know, I think we as a, as a community, as a congregation, we have to uh, allow that, that priest or that, you know, preacher or, or you know, whoever to, uh, or, 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 you know, to kind of, be a human being, actually be a human being, you know, not just some, you know, godhead, mm-hmm. you know, but uh, you I know, would and, also and, you know, it has to be a balance yeah. of that. You know? But I would also add being human being, but also, I mean, it's, it's a two way street. Yeah. I will trust my preacher. If my preacher does the right thing, if you're going to fail, at least tell me that you failed. There was an incident that happened. Speaking of my old church, Metropolitan Baptist, actually it happened on another church, but we had an associate pastor who became a pastor of another church. And to make a long story short, he was cheating. He was messing around with uh, underage, I think it was underage boys. And uh, the pastor's wife, during church, I mean, this is one of those things you see on a melodrama, basically called him out in the church. Wow. And said, hey, you were messing around. I want the whole parishioners to know about it, and we need to do something about this because... See, that's one thing. You mm-hmm. can have – there's one sin of the pastor or a leader messing around, but there's the other greater sin of a group of people saying, yeah, we know what's going on, but let's – Kind let's, of like what's happening today. Right, exactly. Let's, let's, yeah, exactly. Let's, let's hide it and let's – whatever. And that can be a sort of macabre tradition that needs to go away. Mm-hmm. What we're talking about in number six is you've had one tradition, push that aside now embrace a new tradition created by God. Mm-hmm. With this the basis and foundation of love. With the foundation of love yeah. and peace. And, and peace. And truth. Well, I think, oh, yeah. I think it would have been better if, if, if the, you know, this priest you know, recognized his own humil- humility mm-hmm. publicly as well. And I think that's something uh, I see good religious mm-hmm. leaders doing is to express their humbleness. Yes. You know, as they're leading, mm-hmm. as they're, you know, you know, focusing, mm-hmm. you know, uh, God's word towards everyone. And as they're allowing people to put their trust in, in, in them. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the idea of what I was trying to express is the idea like they're human. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they need to be reminded they're human. They need to remind the congregation that they're human. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And that they are, they have faults and fears and <coughs> temptations and mm-hmm. crises 
just like everybody else. Yeah. And just have that be a common, repeated understanding. Mm-hmm. You know exactly. They you need know, to walk the path holistically. Yeah, exactly. Just we're, to show that. Yeah, we were talking example. about the '80s. Just, well, you know, it's being real is what yeah. I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah, the '80s were littered with. I mean, think about all of the um, like Jim and Tammy Faye Baker and uh, Jimmy yes. Swagger oh, and no. all those folks who you know fell Bill from Graham. grace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> Phil Graham, Bill Graham, Bill Graham. Oh, Bill Graham. Yeah. His his or his university. His. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Church. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, that's a good point. I think, like you were saying, transparency mm-hmm. is better than hiding things, and that's a sin. So, you know, exactly, sin exactly. Itself. You know, if if you've made a mistake, if you sin, then just say it. I mean, I'll have more respect for a pastor who says, "Hey, listen, I did a transgression, and I'm sorry, and I'm, I'm, we're working and on I'm it, and I'm working through it. And this, you know, and you'll watch me do it, and that's a lot better <laughs> than convincing, you know, a, a, a tr- uh, you know, an organization, a whether it be a church or what have you, to say. Yeah, we know what's going on, but, you know, we, we don't talk about that sort of stuff. And that's not good. I mean, the Ohio State is going through that as well. Mm-hmm. To get away from religion, you know, to tie it into Ohio State. So Urban Meyer, his offensive coordinator, was accused of beating his wife. And Urban knew about it. But the tradition of the NCAA, you know, big school, is to cover it up, just like Penn State did with the Jerry Sandusky thing. And because, hey, we, we can't hurt our football, you know, thing. And it's, you know, that sort of um, tradition is no good. It's a tradition based on lies. Do you think we cover things up like that, but Mm -hmm. also in smaller, like in churches and in peer groups, Mm -hmm. that we cover up transgressions just because we don't want to deal with all that shit? Like, why do we? Even in families. Like, is that why? <laughs> this is going to be chaotic. I yeah. don't want to have to deal with it. You know, Let's den- just cover denial it up. Is, is <laughs> not, and denial is not just a river in Africa. You know, it's it's a real thing, and we deal with it with ourselves. I mean, Absolutely. even in our personal lives. Oh. It takes a lot of energy to cover things up. Yeah, it does. Yeah. A lot of negative energy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well. I mean, how many times have we told a person, oh, I'm perfect, I'm wonderful, and all this, and you know, I, I don't want to. And a lot of it is based on fear. I've never said that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 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 well, men we, do it all the time. I think we, oh, we always want to appear like we're that we've got it together. Yeah, how you doing? Oh, great. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm I could be falling the hell apart. Sure, but right. you know what we want to do is you know to make everybody feel like you know things are things are popping along okay. I've got a handle on this. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you know, what, what did my dad always say? You know, shit always runs downhill. Yeah, I mean, it's like you can you can sit there and pretend like you can hold it all out. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, if you've got like some anxiety, you've got Mm -hmm. some problems, you know, that's going to it's going to manifest itself in some way or another unless you exactly deal with it. And part of the reason why we have a community and a Mm -hmm. congregation and, you know, and an idea of, of of. of a godly love or a Christian love, at least with where I'm coming from, where I think you guys are coming from, is because that helps you tear the mask away. Exactly. And deal with the things that need to happen. Yeah. And to have um, help. Mm-hmm. You have a family. You have other people yeah. who actually, mm-hmm. you know, can see and go like, yeah, well, yeah, you got some crap going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're here to... Help How you. can we help? Exactly. We're here to help you. We're here because we love you. Exactly. You know, that's that's the whole idea of the organized mm-hmm. uh, religion thing is to have that. Um, yeah. To have those, uh, you know, those assets. That's yeah. why you have a community. Yeah. That's, that's the whole purpose of it. It's not just to sit mm-hmm. there and get your uh, get your own nut on and put your, uh, you know, put, you know, put your needs yeah, it, it, it's you know, you know, in bottom up and 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 hope that God is listening to you personally. It's to have that mm-hmm. that experience of people helping each other together, that habit of yeah. doing that. I, I've, I've, I have two thoughts. Um, working in the DA's office, you know, we we I talk with inspectors all the time, um, investigators and inspectors, and they'll usually have a meeting where they'll talk with someone who is a suspect, a person of interest, who's, let's say, stolen money um, because I deal with white-collar crime. And it's always interesting listening to these interviews how someone is so wrapped up in their lies and their deceit, and they've had to deal with this lie for years. And, you know, our job is not to, you know, it's not like the TVs where it's like, tell us what happened, tell us what happened. But it's it's like... You know, I know you've been holding on to this thing for a long time, but, you know, 
uh, what you're telling me is not consistent with the evidence that we have here. You know, we did a search warrant on your phone records and, and your bank records. And, hey, I want you to look at this. Tell us how that money got into your account. You know, just I, I understand how it happens, just whatever. And getting it's, – it's fascinating psychologically. I'll even say spiritually how someone transitions from their lives that they've been living with through the years to the truth where, hey, this light. You know, when we talk about, you know, number six, God is a light that reflects onto you. Sometimes the light is – can be a harrowing thing if you're not used to the light. It's true. It's like, listen, you're lying. We know what's going on. <laughs> Why don't you just and this and people? This happens. It's not, it doesn't mean you're a bad person, but you need to come to the truth. Some people will walk in the light. Some people need to be dragged into the light. Unfortunately, my second thought was: so in my family, in my biological mother's family, unfortunately, she. I mean, my family is a wonderful family, but unfortunately, is this a oh. Oh, 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 no, oh, Care Bears, Care Bears, Care Bears. Yeah, I just yeah. wanted to see a picture of a Care Bear <laughs> while I was but, looking. Um, I'm sure we've dealt with families who, let's say, one individual or they say there's a dark family secret. Something happened, which was horrible, but nobody wants to talk about it. Mm -hmm. And this lie or this deception gets passed on from generation to generation until there is this, you know, this incredibly dysfunctional, I don't even know what to call it, just this... Um, horrible um, motif, I would say, of a family built on lies where, you know, everyone gets together. Hey, how are you doing? We're wonderful. But nobody talks about what's really going on. Let's say somebody got sexually molested, uh, let, you know, just putting it right there. I mean, that's what happened to my mom, my, my biological mom. But nobody wanted to talk about it until one person was like, hey, listen, we need to talk about this damn thing. And, of course, the family gets upset. Yeah. Hey, you know, wh what are you doing? As if it's going to destroy the family. The truth will destroy the family. And, of course, it's not true at all. And so people will say, what does that have to do with number six? We're talking about if, you're, if you have a ritual and a foundation based on lies, it's time to transition into a, um, a foundation based on truth. And or even if your foundation right now is chaotic. Yeah. And you don't know where the answers are coming from. Mm-hmm. That, that you can receive this blessing. Absolutely. And know that God is on your side. Yeah. And the Israelites, they're, they're having a trouble tr in transitioning from it. But Moses is saying, listen, this is based on love. This is based on peace. On light. On light. Mm -hmm. well, I mean, they have a long journey ahead of them. Yes. There's no doubt about that. Yes. But. Yes. Ripping that. Ripping that mask off and allowing everybody to see my shit yeah. is horrifying. Mm-hmm. But I imagine the same person, like the person in the DA's office, who kind of like, "Hey, like we, you know, we got the light right on it." Yep. It's there must be, yeah. I would think amongst all the anxiety, yeah, and fear, and like, oh god, they got me, got yeah. me on the goods. Yeah. There must be a wonderful relief, I think, mm -hmm. that oh my god, you mean I don't have to hide this crap sure. anymore? Sure. You mean you mean I can. I can do away with this exercise, mm -hmm. and yeah, yeah, you can. Um, that's it takes a lot. Like yeah. we were saying, it, it yeah. could be mm -hmm. generations of people sure. lending energy to cover something. You, th up. Those are the good. Those are the good stories where people are like, you know what? Yes, yeah. I, I'm, I'm just. Uh, let me just release this burden. Oh, Unfortunately, God. as you probably well know. It doesn't always happen that no, way. No, I know it doesn't always happen. But the mask, <laughs> yeah. the mask does get ripped off. Sure. And, and you are forced to kind of at least attempt to do things differently. Maybe, maybe create more lies. or, or yeah. And people or, will be more to, upset or, that or you're lying to, to them. Try to put it back on or whatever. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I mean, you know, not saying it does, is going to happen all at once, but it's just like the the the, the, the event of it yeah. is unmistakable. Yeah. And there is an option there. Mm-hmm. To, to let the light reveal a different way of, of working, a yeah. different pattern, a change. And a lot of times the punishment isn't that bad. I mean, there have been times where I've lied to my parents, and I'm like, ugh, I've got to tell them the truth, or they found out the truth, and they're like, okay, we know what the truth is, and it's no big deal. Yeah, sometimes that lie or whatever it is you're trying to cover becomes yeah. bigger than it actually is. Exactly. Because you've given it so much energy. Exactly. And you, yeah. Think about the Trump administration. If Trump had just said, hey, listen. Yes, I screwed Stormy Daniels. Yes, this happened. I just, I just, and I did pay in what, 
Yes, people will be upset and people will be like, oh, but he won't have any of these uh, legal troubles that he's having right now, all these non-disclosure agreements, all these payments that people are finding out right now. It's the lie. I mean, we, didn't we learn it from, uh, from Nixon? Yeah, the lie gets you. The lie is a lot of times bigger than the actual act itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's certainly setting a very poor example, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah, it's very interesting yeah. because the foundation of our, like, when we think about our presidents historically, yes. yeah. this is so off topic probably, yeah. but, like, but. our first president, we think about, mm-hmm. I cannot tell a lie, Exactly. Right? I don't know. I don't know if that story is true or not, yeah. um, but that we think of our pre- honest yeah. Abe, like, yeah. we think about our presidents being virtuous, mm-hmm. you know, people yeah, it, who mm-hmm. tell the, the truth. The best, yeah. e- the best examples, <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, even Bill Clinton. I mean, though, I'm listening to a podcast about Bill Clinton, and they're going through the whole Monica Lewinsky thing. Yeah. Eventually, he did tell the truth, and, you know, um, he did lie, and he lied for a, a bit, a long time. But eventually, he did, you know, tell the truth. And then when Ken Starr, I mean, I remember during the time of the 2000s where People were like, okay, Ken, we got it. He cheated on his wife. Can we move on? Yeah. Can we get on to the country or whatever? Um, but, you know, the, the, the whole idea of holding on to a lie rather than telling the truth, the, the concept of living in the dark versus living in the light. You live in the light, life is a lot better. But it means the responsibility on you is, you know, be, be true. Be true to yourself and, you know, be true to, to your soul and to, and to the people if you're, right. you know, a parishioner or what have you. Uh, there are things you can't do in the light. So there are things you can't do in the dark. Well, you shouldn't do in the dark. Exactly. No, I well, I just mean that if sure. you're always covering up things, oh, and of course, then it limits you and the of way course. and how much you can yeah. interact and have community. And, that, that's exactly and right. Grow. And we're talking about the, the you know being in the desert. You know, I think about darkness as being in that desert. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. think about you know stagnation and and. Mm-hmm. Unwillingness to do things differently, yeah. or believe that you can. Yeah, you know, and they had a lot of doubts, even you know when, mm-hmm. you know, bits of proof were mm-hmm. showered upon them. Yeah, still had doubts, and that's it is. Mm-hmm. It's scary to do things different, even if you're doing things in a kind of a, a destructive way. Mm-hmm. The the you know the idea of of, of changing and believing mm-hmm. and that you know it's going to be better. If you, you know, is is a mm-hmm. it's a crapshoot, yeah. In a lot of ways, yeah. That's the whole purpose of um, of being a community to me, yeah. Um, it, and these folks, know, they and just decided so to give it a try. So you don't have to do all that scary shit alone, right? Exactly. You know, it is scary shit. Yeah. It's undeniably scary shit. You had a point uh, during breakfast about the manna from heaven and the bread, mm-hmm. uh, and you had connected it to, I guess, a, uh, a thing that goes on in your church. Well, the, the, in the next three weeks, or the or the past two weeks, and this week, uh, I think the tract, mm-hmm. uh, the Episcopal tract, the, which are the the lessons that are told each week and the mm-hmm. sermon emphasis and you know the the homeopath kind of mm-hmm. kind of idea yeah the organization of the thoughts yeah. you know going through the word of you know the new testament and the yeah. old testament as all, uh, the focus these past few weeks have been uh, and will be the bread of life mm. and the different mm-hmm. connotations of you know in the bible of uh, where bread is you know, bread is the body of Christ in, yeah. in, in, in the most real and fundamental sense. Mm-hmm. But also, you know, the idea that breaking bread and have you know and and sharing bread mm-hmm. is is ancient, mm-hmm. more ancient than you know even you know these these stories that we mm-hmm. that we read and repeat over and over and over. It's it, it's you know, Passover, you know, you, you leave the door open um, so that people, strangers, mm-hmm. there's to let people know there's room at the table for a stranger. Yeah. We're going to eat together. We're going to, you know, share. You know, I don't know you. You're an alien. And yet, this is what we're going to do. I mean, mm-hmm. you and know. bread is so simple to make. So simple yeah. to make. And no, I just took a bread baking class. Oh, Water, flour, and salt. <laughs> Yeah. Done. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And sustenance. But it's also you have to have that flour, so it also, uh, you know, you couldn't offer bread before there was 
society than civilizations because yeah. you didn't harvest any grains. Yeah. You know, it's funny. <laughs> I, I, I jumped in the YouTube hole uh, last week. Sometimes that's what I do. The YouTube hole? What I, YouTube. <laughs> oh, I was like, two, the two band? <laughs> I'm sure there's a YouTube, YouTube <laughs> thing. But in any case, the, uh, I was because I was interested in the uh, the history of agriculture and how mm. man sort of evolved from, you know, being a hunter gatherer thing yeah. to just like when did man first started growing? And, of course, bread was the first thing. Yeah. And I still don't quite understand how man figured out. How to these plant little and seeds. cultivate and all that stuff. <laughs> these little seeds are going to make me bread. <laughs> well, I imagine they were eating seeds and they just threw them away. Not, not like there was a garbage can in you know the prehistoric era, but you know they're throwing it away and all of a sudden they're like, oh wait a minute, something's growing, and you know all of a sudden there's agriculture and all that sort of stuff. But bread, yeah. bread is a uh, it's it's I'm fascinated about the you know just the concept of bread. And the purity of bread. Oh, you know, I mean, hunger will do a terrible thing. I don't understand how people started eating artichokes. Me either. <laughs> you know, it makes no sense. It's like, yeah. where would where you get that? Where did you think that yeah. this was going to be? You're going to put that in your mouth? It doesn't hurt. Yeah. It was a you very know? hungry person. <laughs> a very, very hungry person. Well, I imagine a baby. A baby will put anything in their mouth, and all of a sudden it's like, well, okay, the baby isn't choking or anything. Oh, God. Well, we were talking about manna because yeah. I, I was. we were saying this time frame yeah. of numbers mm -hmm. and this blessing came after they'd already seen miracles. Mm -hmm. So they saw the Red Sea part. They saw manna falling from heaven. And still they doubted God. Yeah, yeah. right. And I, I was saying, I don't think that if I saw miracles like that, <laughs> exactly. that I would. That those are very specific miracles, yeah. not the kind of miracles I see today. Exactly. But like, very specific. I'm oh, pretty yeah. sure that I, I would be grumpy. Yeah. I mean, I'd the parting waters would have done it for me. <laughs> even, even yeah, the, right? Yeah. Even after Jesus fed all those people with nothing, and yeah. still the disciples yeah. were like, I wonder who this guy really is. Yeah. yeah. You know, like still, after all this, like, mm -hmm. guys, you know, well, you know why? Why? Yeah. Why? Take, why don't you believe? What's wrong yeah. with you people? Take a look at today's political situation. I mean, how much evidence do you need? on number 45 and still there are people who are like no we need to be loyal there are people who think that he is a good christian mm, well yeah. there's people who want to you know been around like i was saying you know uh, you know for 40 years watching uh you know the poor get poor and the rich get richer and nothing seems to be mm -hmm. changing people's minds like they are still willing to go along with this idea yeah and still support these corrupt and you know mm -hmm. you know very very um Selfish, be a revolution self, eventually. selfish yeah. few, yeah. you know, and sacrifice for these corrupt and very, very selfish few. Yeah. You know, and this is a pattern we've seen over a, and over and over again. That's yeah. true. But I've just said we've been living in it for four decades. And, and, it, and, uh, and it looks as though people are willing to suffer a little bit more. It does you look know? that yeah. way. You know, well, I'm thinking rather you know, than yeah. bring If about you haven't registered to vote, <laughs> listeners, yeah, yeah. please exactly. go I'll make think, I'll it about happen. In yeah. November, you know, we've been talking about in numbers, you know, there are people transitioning from a foundation of darkness into a foundation of light. Mm -hmm. And uh, November, that could happen. You know, the midterm elections and all sorts of things can and we've happen. we've seen a lot of conservative Republicans who are no longer in the Republican Party. See? There you go. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. We've hit the hour mark. Uh, Sorry. Close it up? We wandered about <laughs> in the desert a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. I think, I think okay. we're, all, we're all talking, you know, I think it's all based on numbers, and I think the button is, you know, uh, as um, the verse says, verse 26, uh, the Lord turns his face towards you and gives you peace. And I still, you know, I still focus on the Lord makes his face shine on you yeah. and be gracious to you. This is a foundation. This is a, uh, a Christian. This is a Israelite group that are basing their new foundation, their new family, their new organization on light and love and mm -hmm. peace. Okay. And I think that's the uh, the final button. Yeah. I think that's the message. Thank goodness. Nice, yeah. nice. Yeah. Who's going to close this I up? Will. All I will. Right. Um, dear Heavenly Father, please lend your blessing not only to our friends and family and listeners, but to everyone out there who's facing adversity it, this week and in the coming weeks. Uh, particularly, I want to... Um, I want to ask that you lend your protection to the children who are affected by um, some of the priests in New England, but also the children who are affected by our U.S. immigration policies. Um, please give them some of your light and strength to get them through their troubles. Um, and for everyone who's listening, may your week be filled with joy and happiness, and may you let your light shine out to the world. In your holy name we pray. 
Beautiful. Amen. Amen. Beautiful. Amen. Yeah, it was beautiful. Beautiful. Thank really, you. Really wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. All righty. So, Faith is a podcast open to anyone. You may not believe at all. You may be Muslim, Jewish, agnostic, or atheist. You may have had horrible experience in the church, which have made you turn your back to God. You can still have faith. We ask that you listen to this podcast, even challenge us. We're on Facebook, SoundCloud. That's where the podcast is. You can also uh, write us directly. I have a uh, Twitter and also Instagram account. You can find me, Reg Space Clay, and D.L. Carragher for Deb. And share what you feel. Don't feel alienated because we speak of what we believe. The Bible has been around for thousands of years. And even now, in the age of the Internet and social media and great technology, it still has a message for all of us. You can listen to this podcast on the Apple Podcast app or on iTunes. Just open up your iTunes app, click on Store, go on the search engine on the upper right-hand side and search for you got to have faith and you'll find us. If you use Android, download the SoundCloud app or just go on SoundCloud.com. Search for us and you will find us. Thank you for listening and God bless.